0: You're listening to Parenting in the First Three Years, the place where we explore the strategies and soul of parenting from pregnancy through the first three years of life. I'm your host, Ann McKittrick. Thank you so much for joining me. Toys. You love them. Your kid loves them. People love to give them to you when you have a baby, and after a while, they can totally take over your house. How do you keep them organized? I've got an amazing guest for this episode. Her name is Amanda Lyford. She's the founder of Easy Life Organizing, and she knows what's going on in your house because she's also the mom of a a two-and-a-half-year-old. She knows how hard it is to stay on top of all the stuff that can accumulate with little kids. Amanda's going to share with you how you can organize your spaces so that your kid will be able to find and play with the toys they want and also how to set things up so they can put things away on their own. Plus, she's got great suggestions on holiday gift-giving with ideas on how to focus on experience gifts that support connection, learning, and fun with your little one. So here we go. Enjoy this conversation with Amanda Lyford. Well, welcome, Amanda, to the show. I'm so happy to have you here today. I can't wait to talk about this.
1: I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me on, and I can't wait to help out all of your viewers.
0: You're welcome. So you have this really cool business that a lot of people need, including me. (laughs) You help people declutter and minimize their homes. And so I'm guessing that those people who might be listening are thinking it, or they will be thinking by the end of this podcast, man, would you please just come to my house and take care of things? Because it's just, it just seems to be a constant problem. You have to be so vigilant about Uh, stuff or it just collects and, and grows. So as we enter the holiday season, I thought it would be really helpful to talk about what parents with little ones can do now to prepare for what's coming, which can be a lot of extra stuff around the house, whether it's, you know, related to kids or not. There's just a lot of stuff that that comes around. So how do you help people get things organized and keep them organized?
1: That is a great question. And that's the golden question, right? Everybody wants to know the secret sauce on how I do it. And um, with me, my first step is always decluttering. Um, Every single person is always decluttering. Less is more. Um, It really, really is. Um, Whether it's toys for your kid, clothes for your kid, or it's your own personal things around the house. um, You'd be surprised that not You don't use very much of your house or the items you have. So it's really figuring out, do I need all of this stuff that I have? Is it being used intentionally? When was the last time I used three crock pots at the same time? Most people don't. Maybe it's once a year and you could probably borrow the other ones if you need to. So I help my clients go through their items and their homes or businesses and figure out intentionally what we need to keep and what can maybe be given away and donated to be repurposed and used by someone else who could use it.
0: So how does that come into play for you? Because I know you have a little one at home. How old is your child?
1: So my son, his name is Owen. He's two and a half. And uh, yeah. I, I have a two and a half year old, which everybody listening knows um, how much fun it is, or you will know how much fun it is I uh, have a two and a half year old um, constantly running around taking toys out, throwing them on the floor. My house is never perfect. As an organizer, everybody wants to know if my house is beautifully organized 24 seven. It's not. <laughs> um, I've got a toddler. Uh, the little bit of a difference, though, with my house is I've got organized systems already in place. I've taught my son these systems to where it doesn't take me hours upon hours to get back to what I envision as my perfect home. It takes me 30 minutes to get back to my organized home. Um, One of the things I actually started doing right when my son could walk was teaching him how to put his own stuff away. Um, he knows where to put his shoes. He knows where to put his jacket. He knows where to put his toys, his basket of cars. He has a basket of cars that he loves to play with. We pick them up right before he goes to bed and he knows where to put them. He knows where they live. I don't have toys spread out in my living room. I hate toys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they can get a little bit everywhere, can't they? It's, it's, it's very easy. Like, <laughs> so many toys have like a zillion pieces and they just seem to get in every nook and cranny of your house. OK, so let's just let's just kind of focus on the play spaces of, of a house, you know, either that might be, you know, wherever you have all your kids stuff, you know, either in their bedroom mm-hmm. or in, in a living area. How do you help your clients get those spaces organized? What what do you suggest?
1: So my number one question always is how my client feels about the amount of toys. I know how I feel about toys, but it's, it's my client's space. It's their home. It's going to be based on them. Nine out of 10 parents are like, I hate the amount of toys that I have. I wish I had less. And so then we work together to declutter and figure out how many toys can you comfortably have? How many, you know, um, one of the items I really like to use is a cube organizer. Um, And that way each category of toys has its own home. Uh, And that's the real big thing is having a home, having it visual and having it easy to do. A lot of us have toddlers and they probably, you probably have noticed that if you have a lot of toys, it's very cluttering and they only play with like, three toys. I really try and focus on less is more. If you have less toys available to them, they're going to play with them more intentionally. Um, An analogy many parents will understand is homes, they get cluttered. You know, if you walk into your bedroom right now, there's probably things everywhere. And how does that make you feel? You don't know what to do first. Your child's brain is working the same exact way with the amount of toys they have. If there is an overabundance of toys, they don't know where to start either with playing with it. So, if you give them a small amount of options, they're going to play with those toys much more intentionally and multi-purposefully. You have no idea how uh how much my son loves the little reacher grabber thing. We call it the dinosaur and we've got like three different <laughs> games that we play with that reacher grabber thing. <laughs> but they play with it and they're more imaginative and um it really opens up play. <laughs>
0: so great. (laughs) You know, when in early childhood classrooms, oftentimes parents are so surprised that their kids will clean up and, you know, put their toys away at school, but they won't do it at home. And one of the things that we do in early childhood is we have very specific places for, you know, all of the different things. And it's labeled, it's labeled with a picture and, um, and, you know, those toys are rotated out very frequently and so that there is you know less out at one at any given moment but also it makes it more interesting when you do rotate out the toys but um but I, I think that the the key at least in an early childhood program and i'm guessing the key is at home is to is to somehow teach the child where the cars go where the blocks go where the where the different things go. Do you have a system for labeling or doing anything like that?
1: Yes. So um, again, I love the cube organizers. Um, I think they are the best option because they're open spaces. Your child can see what it is. Um, my recommendation for labeling things is gonna really vary based on the age of the child. So all the way up until probably four years old, I would recommend not putting the toys and bins on the cube organizer. That way they can see what they have. Um, And for parents just labeling it, maybe this cube, this one section is for books. This one section is for puzzles. This is for pretend play. Um, And that way, you know where it's supposed to go But your child will also kind of get the gist of, oh, I always put my puzzles back here because it's the empty space. I've played with my puzzles. It's empty. Let's put it back where it's supposed to go. Mm -hmm. After four, they start to recognize actual items a little bit better. So I'll usually put photos and it's okay to use bins at that point too. But actually, like you mentioned, putting a photo of a puzzle piece, that way they know that's the puzzles putting a photo of a car, that's where the cars go. And then when they start to be able to read, then you can use like a combination of the photos and words. Um, But again, really young age, I don't do bins. I literally just put it on the shelf so they can physically see what it is. Mm -hmm. And again, what you can visually handle, some people can visually handle more, some people can visually handle less, but I really keep a couple things. I keep like five books out and I rotate. Mm -hmm. I keep, um, I keep one set of building stuff. And so there's like Legos and I've got like magnetic stuff, but I rotate. So it's never, he never has access to all of the building stuff. He's got one that's in rotation, one, one that's in rotation two. That way it feels new. Every time you rotate the toys every week or two, it feels like he just got new toys. Mm -hmm. And so he's going to be excited and play with them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Let's just talk a second about kind of acquiring toys, you know, and maybe some ways that parents can get toys to play with inexpensively. Do you have ideas on on how to get really good quality secondhand toys or a borrowing system with friends or anything like that?
1: Do you do do anything like that? So I don't do one like that, um, but I do have a group of friends who do have a group um my big recommendation is exactly what they're doing find a group of um other moms maybe like reach out in a community group on Facebook and find other moms with similar ages genders or maybe kind of have a cycle of different ages so they can kind of get you passed down through the ranks and just rotate toys honestly um borrowing toys that way you're not buying new toys constantly um, rotating the toys down the system, having open-ended toys. I'm sure you know and can talk of you could probably talk for hours on (laughs) the importance of open-ended toys versus electronic toys that are very single use. And um in our home we really believe in open-ended toys. So we like the building toys. We like the Montessori-like items as well, because it really does open up play. Like I said, that reach or grabber thing, we have three different games we play with that
0: one thing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's really great. And I think think that, um, you know, an open-ended toy, just by definition, is something that can be used in a lot of different ways for more than one age. And some examples are construction toys, dolls, balls, just kind of the basic things that you know, that you might think of pretty much anything without a battery (laughs) because a battery operated anything is pretty close, close end. It usually just has one or two functions, maybe, maybe 10 if it's a fancy thing, but it, it typically, I think that kids get bored with them a little bit quicker than they do these open-ended toys where they can really use their imagination to, to do different things. Yeah, my daughter in her city, they have a toy, li- toy lending library, just like the public library. And um, so she has always just, you know, they just make a trek there and everybody gets to pick one or two things and they bring it home for two weeks and then take it back. And, you know, they have all these rules around breakage and repairs and all of that, bl- all of that. But it's just such a brilliant idea. And um, and so I, it's a really cool idea to to create something like that. If you have the the means and ability to within your own community of friends or not necessarily friends you could make friends that way is to create right you can make friends yeah Uh, yeah. you
1: definitely can that's amazing um along the toy lines honestly is it kind of to me leads into I don't like physical toys as much I like the open-ended toys but I really like to limit the amount of toys um I prefer experienced toys and gifts instead um, of actual physical toys. The actual mm-hmm. experience of doing something together yeah. is, in my minimalist mindset, much bigger impact than a physical toy.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's talk about that. Because here we are, it's coming up for the holiday season, people are going to be Um, being asked what does your child want for Christmas or for this holiday season what can we buy them or what can we give to you so let's talk about some of those experience toys for this age group you know babies and uh, infants toddlers and threes this is the little ones what what would be some good experience gifts for them
1: yeah so um, I am supplying a quick little handout that everybody can also utilize you can save it print it off um give it to family members it's a great way to like subtly say here here's some other options it's experience mm. over stuff um that zero to three age range you're the big thing we're looking to do as parents is really start to create those really strong bonds with our kids we want to work on social emotional skills and that's the reason why i preach experiences over stuff um I like to tell people, you can get us a membership to our Children's Science Museum. You, We love going to the zoo. Think of all, think of a membership to the zoo. How many different experiences you can make with that one gift? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to offer up every year I have them. I have my in-laws and my parents. So both sets of grandparents, I let them do um, a getaway weekend. Um, where they just go do stuff. They take, they take him, which is a blessing for me, but it it also is giving them one-on-one time without me around. Um, Mm -hmm. They get to really make their own memories with them. Another great thing is for kids who are maybe older, different classes and lessons, something Mm -hmm. that is really intentional and is important to them. Um, My son doesn't know how to swim yet, but we're going to hopefully get him swim lessons soon. But that's something that could be very easily gifted to where it's a skill that we want him to learn, but it's being gifted and they feel like they're a part of our lives a little bit more, especially for families who don't live very close.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, so As a grandparent, I feel like, well, I want them to have something to open. I mean, a a membership to the zoo is a great idea, but you could give them a small little stuffed animal or maybe some sunglasses or a little backpack to take when they go to the zoo, just something that goes with it so that they have something to open.
1: Yes, and that's, that's exactly it. It's not to say that, no, we don't want stuff at all. It's let's lessen the idea of we need to get that. We need to spend $400 on all these plastic toys that most of them, they probably won't play with. They'll get thrown away and whatnot. It's lessening that and making more time for experiences and memories. Mm -hmm. I, I still, I have no, uh, my parents still get my son toys. Sure. Um, it's just not as much as it used to be, mm-hmm. uh, since they have seen that I will donate toys that I do not open. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, the market is really, um, catering to us gift givers <laughs> and they are, you know, there's lots of people that are providing really interesting things that you can purchase for, uh, families with kids. And one of them that we've used is, um, it's a membership to new books. And so mm-hmm. you, you just, you know, you s- subscribe to this membership and then you de- choose how often do you want this box of books to be given to them? And then you tell them what age the child is and give them some other parameters. But it's, it's, um it's kind of like stitch fix or something because they get this box of books, they look at them and then they decide which ones they want to keep and then send the rest back. And um, we did that for quite a long time. I think we had that subscription for about two years. And then my daughter said, you know, the kids really kind of have lost interest in that. I think they've, um, you know, it's it's probably past its uh, fun. <laughs> and so we stopped that one. But there's lots and lots of services out there for for us to choose from. and And people are getting really creative with that kind of stuff. It's really cool.
1: They really are. A subscription that I've been doing with my son since he was born was the love every boxes. Um, They're the Montessori monthly or quarterly toy boxes that you get. Mm -hmm. And those I love, I love it because I don't have to think about what kinds of toys I want about once a quarter, I'll get a new box and um, my son like sees the box and he knows what it is and he gets so excited. And then we make it a process. Actually, it's part of the process when we get a new box We go through all the toys and figure out what needs to stay in rotation, what doesn't need to go, what can be stored away with the past ones, because Mm -hmm. what he used at 12 months is different than what he's using right now. Mm -hmm. So it's a good chance to go through all the toys and figure out what are we going to use now and what we're
0: not. Mm -hmm. You know, you said something that makes me ask, at two and a half, does he participate in the rotation of toys? Does he decide what goes away and what comes back when? Or is that something that you decide? That's something
1: I'm still deciding for him because I know if I gave him that choice, he would just have all the cars out at one time.
0: Um, he <laughs> I don't really think he could <laughs> handle that decision.
1: <laughs> and he can't. Um, most of the time I will involve, I usually recommend involving kids in more of the decision-making process with toys. A little bit later, so more like five, six years old, I think they are a better adept at making those decisions because I want mm-hmm. to empower kids even when I do toys for f- other families and stuff if I know that the kids are 5 6 years old I start to try and bring them along through the process because you would be very surprised how willing they are to get rid of to part ways mm-hmm. with toys if they know that the toys are going to be donated to other boys and girls who don't have toys mm-hmm. who um you know I had one family who the they their house burnt down a few years ago. And so when I told the girls that the toys that they were going to be donating, because they accumulated a lot of toys, um, I told them these are going to go to other boys and girls who don't have access to toys. Or maybe we're in a very similar situation where they lost everything. And after they had lost everything, the community came together and donated a bunch of things to them. And so when I described that to them, they understood that philanthropic mindset Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: was very willing to get rid of things. And I said, instead of, hey, what do you want to throw away? What do you want to get rid of? The terminology was then what do you want to give to somebody else to
0: love? Mm -hmm. That's a great way to say it. Yeah. So as we wrap up, you've got um, a really cool um, download for folks. I'm going to put that in the show notes about some suggestions for experience gifts. Do you have any other parting words or ideas that you want to leave people with before we close up? I guess really the the important part is less is more,
1: and um, the importance of toy rotations. Honestly, um, with the downloads, um, there is going to be a second page on a guide on how to do your own toy rotation. Okay. Um, And that it really is very helpful to keep those out and out of their minds and Mm -hmm. then have those dedicated toys. I think toy rotations are also an easy way for us parents to not get rid of all of the toys. Right. We will keep a good chunk of them, but it's also a middle ground of you have a little bit now, but you've got all these others that we rotate out and Mm -hmm. every family is different. Every family has a different comfort level and it's figuring out what works best for your family. Right. Yeah.
0: I love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being, um, on the show with me today. I know that that you've given people lots of food for thought and, um, hopefully this will really help them with their gift giving season this year and throughout the year. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: If you love today's episode, take a minute and subscribe to our podcast. And one last thing I'd love to pray for you and your baby. If you'd like for me to you can email me at ask at Your request can be as simple as just one word, or it can include an explanation. Either way, you can trust that I will pray for you. It's a quiet, simple way that I can connect with you and your family and support you in your parenting journey.